Welcome to episode 18 of the Mere Mortal Marathon podcast, where you'll hear what it's like to train for and run your first marathon. I'm Dwayne France, and I'm joined by Coach Morgan Lattimore, the People's Coach, and together we're going to share the week-by-week training journey that'll take me, just a regular guy and a mere mortal, to the finish line of my first marathon. And if I can do it, you can too. Thanks for joining us for the Mere Mortal Marathon podcast. I'm excited to be going on this journey and pleased to invite you to join me along the way. There's a couple of ways we can be connected. Follow the podcast wherever you listen to them and you'll be notified when a new episode comes out. You can also see where the journey takes me by connecting on Strava by going to strava.com forward slash athletes forward slash M3 podcast, which will be in the show notes. There you'll see if I'm following the training plan like I'm supposed to be. You can find all the episodes on the fundraising page for my charity partner, the Second Wind Fund at coloradogives.org forward slash M3 podcast. The Second Wind Fund decreases the incidence of suicide in children and youth by removing barriers to treatment for children and youth at risk for suicide. Simply by listening right now, you're doing your part. Every time someone listens to an episode, $1 will be donated to the Second Wind Fund up to $1,000. So listen, share, and know that you're doing your part to stop suicide in children and youth in Colorado. So check out coloradogives.org forward slash M3 podcast for all the episodes to give to the cause or simply to see how far we've gotten. This week's episode is a quick recap of week 15 of training. We kicked out the first 18-mile run of the training cycle, building up the long run miles. We talked more about the impact of the training cycle and about what's next. Not just what's next in the weeks ahead, but what comes after the marathon that's only about three weeks away at this point. For runs this week, we did three miles on Monday, eight miles on Tuesday, another eight miles on Thursday, 18 miles through the snow on Saturday, and three miles on Sunday for a total of 40 miles on the week. So check out this week's coaching call reviewing the week, and we'll come back afterwards to wrap things up. All right, I think we're on week 15. Week 15. Making sure that we don't lose count. It's getting closer and closer. It is, man. And, uh, And you're getting closer and closer to your mileage, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So what do we have this week? We had 40 miles on a dot last week. How does your body feel? Tell like you were doing things before me, right? And did you ever work up to 40 miles a week? No, I don't think I ever made it up to 40 miles a week straight. And I definitely didn't make it up to 16 and 18 miles. I was training for half marathons. Maybe the most I did was, especially let's say just this period of time since I started running again, Probably 30 miles was the max. Okay. So how you how do you think your body is taking that? It's going pretty well. And I noticed it, especially on this last 18 miles, I'm not feeling a lot of pain or soreness on the run. My legs feel strong. My body feels strong. I think even after the 16-mile run last week and the 18-mile run this weekend, there's some soreness, but not as much as I would have thought, you know, soreness after the run, like later that day or something like that but not as much as I would have thought. So yeah, I think my body's responded pretty well to it. How is the nine one going? Basically running nine minutes, walking one minute. Yeah. Yeah. It's going pretty good. I did the pass on the Thursday run. It was an eight mile run. I did nine one anyway. I mean, I did nine one on that. Okay. What was the reasoning? I wanted to. So before when I was doing nine one, I was stop and start and I wanted to practice gliding to a stop, gliding to a start. But I was also trying a new thing for my watch to let me know it's been nine minutes to one minute. And it's good because right when I 
started like my in the second mile, like some dude needed me to help push his car out of the road. Oh, it's always something. So I was really appreciating the walk breaks after that little bit of resistance training. But no, then going to the 18 mile this past weekend, really trying to, like I said, not abruptly stop and not abruptly start, but glide to a stop and then pick up the pace and start again. So it feels like it's going pretty well. Tell me about that. What did you feel like was you were doing before when you said, now nah, I'm practicing, I'm like gliding to a stop, like basically like slowing to a stop. And it's just you and me, were you just stopping before? Like just, yeah, like it put the brakes on and, and I wasn't doing it as mindfully, I should say, as I was doing it before. And I mm. noticed that I was stopping abruptly and then I was just like starting again rather than slowing down into the stop and then picking up into the run after the minute. And what has that done to your body? When you made that shift? I don't know that it's really done anything to my body. I, I don't know that I was necessarily tensing or anything like that. I think it was more just trying to be mindful of the process and being more aware mm. of the body rather than just trying to stop abruptly and start abruptly. Yeah. So you went into the 18, so you had the two eights, yeah, three, eight, eight. How has the plyometrics been and where have you seen a benefit or improvement within that? I think the plyometrics have been going well and really it's just that stability, that core stability, the stability in the trunk and where the lunges and the legs. I know that when I first started the plyometrics, you know, when you talked about it, it was different movements and there was some soreness there when it originally started. It's good to see that these things are working. I gave another athlete, she listens to the podcast, so she'll know who he is. I like to talk about each one of them because I got a last episode I talked about one. She's like, were you talking about me? Because they're listening, which is a good thing, cause, but they always have the questions and they come from that. And I gave her another athlete of mine. Um, she is training for marathon as well. And we've been, we've integrated strength training in her because she was having some lingering issues, injury type stuff. And so that, that kind of tells you we need to build on some resilience in the muscles and the tendons. And so I gave her the lunges. She's like, my glutes the next day. Did you have any, do you have any soreness anymore from those? No, not really. I think really it was in, again, a lot of this was building up that strength and making sure we got the new shoes, but the soreness really isn't there. Now it's pretty much a dynamic warm up before the day's run. Oh, you're lucky we just trying to finish this. But it was what it basically, I asked about it, but I know we came away from it because some of the travel, and if we were more consistent with it and we got to the point where the body has adapted, which you're, what you're telling me, there's no soreness from it. It's more like a, a dynamic warm-up. We'll make some adjustments, right? Because we want to continue to engage the muscles in a new way to, to develop that fitness and get more of that core strength. What it does, it also helps you, I don't know, tell me about your knee and your hip. Like, how's all that stuff? You sleep and these are the things that came up before, foot, knee, hip, I think. And I know sleep has always been in some of the comments. And I think, you know, anytime where sleep is an issue, it's, it may be more work, uh, psychological this stuff rather than, and there may be some soreness that sort of wakes me up. But yeah, there had been some soreness on the right side, that oblique right above the hip, the right knee and the right ankle. Some of that was in the very beginning, running on old shoes. So we got new shoes. I've replaced my shoes now that we're getting back to the cycle. Now it's been about three months since I got new shoes to go into the marathon with or we're going to be breaking it in. But also uh, several weeks ago, a local gym had a functional movement class and really is my torso rotation. I wasn't rotating my torso as much. And so there was a lot of stress on my right side. So they gave me some stretches to be able to do some of that torso flexion a little bit. And mm -hmm. that's really helped out quite a bit. So 
incorporating that, the stretching with the torso flexion, and then the plyometric seems to have really done the trick. Do you feel that your body feels better now than it did when you were training on your own? Yeah, I think so. And it's, is that the chicken or the egg? It's, right. know, I'm building up the 18 miles. I'm running longer now than I ever have, even before when I was only running half marathons before, right? So I'm running farther now. Like you said, the running load in the week is more, and I'm running more in the times that I'm running. So I'm running longer distances. So I'm not sure if it's, obviously it is all of that. It is all of it together. Because I was watching, and it's always good to see when you have the 18-mile run on Saturday and then Sunday you have a three-miler after you warm up, like you're jogging at a really relaxed pace under 10-minute mile, sub-10 minutes, right, for you. And that's really the fitness that you gain. And even the 146 is your heart rate at 957. That was unheard of when we started. Yeah, I have noticed that. And I've noticed that these past couple of days with the several three miles runs we have before another 18 mile, the run we have coming up this weekend, I have noticed that my heart rate is lower at a faster pace than it was even in January. Now we're dropping hammers. Yeah. And so if one thing is that as we get close to the race, like we're, we're not doing, we're practicing nutrition and things of that nature. But as you know, like we continue to build on it. This is where the key where I, I want to take the time to tell athletes, you see these gains, you see them. And you're in a positive mental attitude right now. And the key is to take the days off, work with the schedule, not create stress, but alleviate stress within the training as well and, and be fluid. And over the time, a lot of athletes will get to this point because life, you got to, because it's not a just like, oh, let me just figure out how to do all these runs. Like, how do I do these runs? Take care of family, take care of myself, work, travel. And it's a lot. And so that recovery time, that those plyometrics, the, all these detailed things running the correct pace minimizes the fatigue on you. Right. And these are all good things, especially going into a marathon because you're going to need the rest afterwards. But what happens is a lot of people get into this rhythm and they feel great. They feel good. And when they run the marathon and then they just stop doing anything at all. And then they try to come back to where they left off. But if you don't maintain this fitness, it's going to go away. And after about seven days, it's going to be a dramatic drop in the fitness, you know, so to, to continue, you keep moving. So what are your plans after race day after the marathon what is your what are your plans to maintain this level of fitness or are you just like you know what i'm good and i'm so gonna be a couch potato those are two extremes right you know i'm gonna do it all or i'm gonna do anything i'm glad that you brought that up and that actually used to be i, I noticed that a number of times when i was doing half marathons back when i was running before that's what would happen like i would run the half marathon then i'd take a month off or like a month and a mm -hmm. half right and then and I found, I was like, man, I'm starting over again every time. It's that old saying where you can have 20 years of experience, you can have one year of experience 20 times, right? You know, and so all of those yeah. half marathons, like I, for a number of them, probably two or three in a row, I always said I want to maintain it. And so I do plan on maintaining it. Uh, I do plan on obviously taking whatever recommended rest. I'm not going out the next week after the marathon and running another 15 miles. So we'll do some recovery. But even going back to the conversation we were having before about that moment where I think that I know that I've had it, these past week or so, I've been thinking, what is next? What am I going to mm. do that's next? And the whole thing about, yeah, there's going to be another marathon, so I'll probably train for another marathon, at least one more, just to see if this one sucks and to make sure the next one does or doesn't. It won't suck. It won't suck. But 
it, it won't suck any more than it's supposed to suck for a marathon. It's going to feel like your 18 miler. It's right. actually going to feel like that. Like it's not going to be too much difference. Hopefully not in the snow though. Hopefully it's not going to yeah. be snow in, in, <laughs> in, in May. But yeah, so I do plan on maintaining the fitness. I was actually listening to another show recently. I want to be able to maintain a level of fitness that I can run a half marathon whenever I want to. If I decide in three weeks or a month, there's a half marathon that I want to go run, that I can do that without really needing to be in a, a, a training cycle or something like that. But definitely do plan on continuing to run after this. Do plan on continuing to train for another marathon, if not the fall of this year, maybe the spring of next year. So whatever that looks like. Nice, nice. Like that's a, that's a good thing, right? Looking ahead and that's, that means that your mind is in a really good place because some people are looking like, I ain't never doing this again. This is too much. I'm burnt out or get the fluidity in life. It affects everything. It everything. So I can do all the things and pieces and put the training plan together and tell you to rest and tell you to run this pace. But us working together is very, very detrimental to your success overall to keep you in that positive mindset. We have another 18 coming up. And what is, so as we got an 18 coming up this week, we'll talk about this week, obviously next, the next episode, but I would love to see what are you going to take in other than the, it being snowing the last 18 miles? What are you going to take into it for preparation or strategy that you think that you could work on the second round 18 mile? I think the way that you have it set up. So I've got an eight mile run the day before on mm -hmm. Friday, then an 18 mile and then another eight mile after that. And mm -hmm. oh, it's going to be an interesting weekend. <laughs> and my wife's out of town too. So I got nothing to do but run. Right. The, but so going into the 18 miles on tired legs, we did that a little bit ago. Like mm -hmm. I think we did eight miles and then into the 16. So I know what that's going to be like, but I'm knowing that I'm going to be doing this. What is that? I don't do math in public either. 36 or whatever miles within three yeah. days. Right. So I think the piece of the 18 miler coming off of the eight miler the day before is really just to be consistent, consistent in my mindset, still concentrating on the nine one and really just focusing on, and we talked about this a little bit last week. I don't know that I've really, other than the weather was bad and a couple of those bad weather days, I don't know that I've really had a lot of psychological struggles outside of that one where the nutrition breakdown. And there's this idea of like the marathon is 90% mental and it's a mental race and it's all psychological. But I think that's really going to be my focus is to continue to maintain positive mindset, not just like I feel good, but like deliberately focusing on being aware of any negative thoughts that come in and address them if they do. Well, uh, well it's all positive and that's the good thing, right? If we can keep that mindset all the way through the race. We nailed it, right? It was a good training cycle, a good race cycle. What I would ask you to do, not the 18 mile, I think we were fine there, but that the eight and the 18 and the eight is made to load the legs, right? And then you have two days of rest after that, uh, basically three mile, three mile plyometrics day off as we go into a, another race and we'll get to there when we get to that. But I want you to keep, your, to keep that in mind, right? And this is a big thing where I saw Let's see what your weather is looking like. It's warming up. So just be understanding that as it warms up, that your demand for hydration will be greater. Don't think you can do what you've done and it's going to be okay. You need to plan to have a little bit more with you as it warms up. 
it's just warming up, right? And so it's 50s today, 50s, 37 is going to snow again, rain, rain, scattered clouds. Hopefully you can go outside and you don't have no showers. But just keep your head in the game. Be understanding of what this gonna, what's going to take. Make sure you're eating, not only during the but in the morning, noon, and night, fueling for the next day. Because everything that you do two days prior to the 18 miles is going to matter. Everything you do prior to that Sunday is going to matter. And so making sure that not only are you planning the morning, the breakfasts, and then the training session, but what are you doing after and before bed? Making sure that you're training all the way through the day, not just for an hour. What some people get to do, oh, I'll just focus on this. They're so detail-oriented in the training cycle, that one hour, that two hours, that three hours, whatever it is. And they like, I got this, I got to lay this out, I got to lay this out. But everything before and after is chaos, Right. Because what you need to do that to make sure that you continue to have the good mindset, can you have the good numbers, the good pace, and to continue to work through and build through the training load that you have for this week. And then we'll get into, as we get closer, everything's looking fine. Everything as we get closer, we're going to talk about travel and just making sure that's set up. Because I know you got to go into D.C. for something, and then we got race week and things of that nature. So we want to make sure we put all that together, start laying it out. The sooner, the better. So when we, if we start doing last minute stuff, what's going to happen is you, the stress levels go up. And so we want to do as much as we can as soon as we can so we can start practicing what we preach, even though we're already doing that. But it, as you lay things out, you don't want to be reactive. You want to be proactive. And I think that's the key with any successful training cycle or race day. That's what I'm doing with these, especially this weekend. Last weekend I did it this week. Like, so the marathon itself starts at 6 a.m on the 21st. Okay. And so that's where I'm starting my time. I think last Saturday I started maybe 5.30. I'm starting around that time to get myself used. I don't want to be running at 10 in the morning and not be practicing that 6 a.m. Right. start time. Right. Well, that's all I got for you, man. I think everything is going well. The 18 miler, thank you for getting that done. Even though I was giving you a hard time, I was like, man, that's just slow. And then you're like, oh, yeah, it was snowing. It was, it was in, in the weatherman promised. He was like, oh yeah, it's supposed to stop by 6 a.m. It did not stop. I, it snowed the entire time I was out there. I felt like I could have gone more. I was like, oh, I feel good. But then my body was like, no, I am not going any more than this. This, it, it was cold. I'll have to send you, maybe I'll post the picture, but I'll have to send you a picture. It was full Please. on frosty eyebrows, mustache, everything. Oh yeah. Send yeah. me that. I'm gonna put that on social media. Totally. Yeah. That'd be a good post. <laughs> This is how my athletes grind. <laughs> you got a before and after post, nice, smooth, like I have my balaclava on. And like at the, at the last one, I look like, oh, Ted the Fisherman or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's cold. It's Colorado, man. Hey, you, you don't know what you, especially that altitude, you don't know what you're going to get sometimes. Them storms come and go quickly. Absolutely. All right. We'll get after it and we'll talk to you next week. Easy day, man. Have a great week. Appreciate it. Week 15 of 19. Got a couple more weeks of long runs before we start to dial things in. Hopefully the snow is done for the spring, so I'm not running through another snowstorm. By the way, if you want to check out the images that I was talking about, the link to the run on Strava is in the show notes, which has the pictures, so you can check those out if you want to.
You heard us talking about week 16, which is going to be another 18-mile long run week, and then a week where I have one of my local favorite five-mile races on Saturday, followed by a 20-mile run on Sunday, with a bit extra, which I imagine we're going to talk about when we get there. Coach and I hope that this is helpful to those of you who are listening, either as we're putting these together or in the future. You don't have to be training for a marathon. It could be more. It could be less. But hopefully hearing how we're going from running 15 miles a week to finishing a marathon in less than six months is totally possible. I know because I'm doing it, so I'm sure you can too. So thanks again for joining us for the Mere Mortal Marathon podcast, where you can hear mere mortals like you and me reach our goals as I train for the 2023 Denver Colfax Marathon. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me at Dwayne at BetterMentalHealth.com. If you want to support a great cause, I'm a charity partner with the Second Wind Fund, a Colorado organization that focuses on improving access and delivery of suicide prevention care for children and youth at risk for suicide. You can donate to the cause by going to coloradogives.org forward slash M3 podcast. As a reminder, simply by listening to the show, a dollar's going into the pot. If you want more dollars to go into the pot, share the show with others who may appreciate it. If you want to reach out to Coach Morgan to show appreciation for the excellent work that he does, or sign up for the People's Coach newsletter, you can find him at morganlattimore.com. All of the links to each of these are in the show notes. So thanks for joining us for another episode of the Mere Mortal Marathon podcast. And remember, mere mortals can do extraordinary things. Thank you.